Thank you, Myra. Thank you, choir. Thank you to our deacons who are up here this morning. I thank God for our deacons, all of them, not just the two that were up here, but we've got great deacons here and we've got great servants here and I thank God that that's something I don't have to worry about. I hear horror stories and heard horror stories in Bible college of how some deacons could be. And I've served three churches, and all three had wonderful deacons, and I, I praise the Lord for that. Uh, it's something that I don't have to worry about, something I don't have to fret about. I thank God for our, our musicians we have here, and our choir leader, and our choir, and our, our ushers, and our nursery workers, who if they've got the speaker turned on, they can hear me say this. But, or maybe not, because it's broken right now. But, but anyway, I want to tell you, though, it might, be, it might not be broken. It might just be they don't want to hear me. But anyway... Um, I tell you, though, we've got a lot of things to be thankful for at Timrod Baptist Church. And uh, if you don't know that, and if you can't see that, I'm just going to pray that God will peel the skin off your eyes and you'll be able to see. Because we've got so many great things going on around here. And uh, you know what's great about it? Let me tell you the best part about it. It has nothing to do with us and everything to do with Jesus. Amen? So uh, today, uh, my sermon is going to be a good one if you're ready to hear about what you ought to be doing. All right? Do you want to hear what you ought to be doing? All right, turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And today is unofficially, okay? Unofficially, maybe officially Mission Sunday, okay? Today is unofficially Missions Sunday because we have wonderful news this morning. All right? You ready? I have the best news in the world for this church this morning. All right, I'm talking about this is so good a news. This has the potential to change the way you live. I didn't say it will. I said it has the potential. You ready for the news? The news is also the sermon title, all right? The world is waiting. Go. That's the news. The world is waiting. Go. Matthew 28, beginning with verses 18 through 20. Would you stand as we read God's Word out of honor and reverence for His Word? Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. Remember, you hold in your hand the Word of God. God is speaking through the Word of God this morning. He says this, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Thank you. And you may be seated. The world is waiting. Go. The world is waiting. Go. Listen. I, uh, I'm so proud of this church uh, because every idea, every thought, every encouragement, as far as I can tell, every sermon, y'all buy into it. You listen. You you entertain me. You 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 listen to my ideas, and 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 I love that that y'all have followed. Y'all follow me so faithfully as best I can tell, and and I'm so thankful for that. You have no idea what it means to me to have people unite behind me, even uh, folks that haven't been here but maybe once. I'll see them or talk to them or visit them or text them or call them or write them or whatever. And I'll say, hey, you know, thank you for coming or thank you for being with us or whatever. And they'll say things like, we just love you and we think you're so great and we just thank you. The best. And I'm like, 
Well, thank you, you know, thank you, thank you that, that you think that, that I'm leading us the right way because I believe this is the way we need to go. This is the way. The world is waiting. Go. You say, Jeremy, there's people in Bethune. There's people in Bethune. There's people in Mount Pisgah. There's pe- people in is Shamrock an area. Shamrock. There's people in, you know, all the, you know, all the other castes. There's, there's, there's people here. Well, yeah, we're, we're going there too. See, it's not either or, it's both and. Right? Tell me somewhere to go in Cassid, I'll go there today. Tell me somewhere to go in Bethune, I'll go there today. Give me a list. Give me names. Give me addresses. Give me phone numbers. Give me Facebook accounts. Give me. I will wear it out. I'm telling you, I will go. We will go. We will push. We will go. We will march. We will continue forward. Because the world is waiting. But you've got to go. Go. John Piper, one of my favorite preachers, says it like this. You either go, all right? You go, you send, or you disobey. Ooh, got quiet. You go, you send, or you disobey. I love this because this covers everybody. Because I'm going to tell you something. We've got some folks in our church that can't go. And who am I, some young whippersnapper preacher, to get up here and say, you know, I know you can't go. I know we can't all go. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think there's some of us that could go that don't want to go. That's fine. But some of you can send. Some of you can pray. Some of you can send those missionaries to the world. They're waiting. They're waiting for us. They're there. Jesus told them, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We need workers. We need missionaries. The world is waiting. Go. I want to tell you a few stories from the Bible, of course. Luke 9, 57 through 62, Jesus encounters three people. He encounters these people and one of them says, Lord, he says, I'll follow you, but I've got to go bury someone. Any idea what Jesus told him? Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Another guy said, Jesus, I'll follow you. He said, but I've got to go say goodbye to my family. Jesus says, hey, that's fine, but you can't look back. Don't worry about them. Follow me. You see, that's tough. I love my family. I've got a great family. I, I, I view you as my family now. I think God has placed me in this family, and he's placed you in my family. And I love you. But Jesus has got to be our focus. I love my mama, I love my, my dad, I love my brothers. I've got two brothers. I've got, gee whiz, four brothers and sister-in-law. Is it four? Yeah, four brothers and sisters-in-law. Hannah comes from a bigger family. I've got a sister-in-law, uh, two sister-in-laws, two brother-in-laws that I love. Mother-in-law, father-in-law, grandparents I love. But Jesus is where I've got to go. Jesus is what I've got to follow. Basically, I'm going to sum up what Jesus says. All right, You want to know what Jesus said in the Bible. Here's what he said. When it comes to missions, become homeless, let someone else bury your dad, and don't even say goodbye to your family. You say, Jeremy, where did he say become homeless? Well, one guy said, well, I've got all this stuff. I've got all these homes. I've got all my possessions. And Jesus said, I'm homeless. Jesus said, if you follow me, you're going to be homeless. Now, this is radical. This is like, Jeremy, you're like, Jeremy, you're poking us in the eye. Could you stop a second? No, really, listen, I want to tell you something, though. 
We've got to radically abandon everything that we understand and know and follow Christ. Wherever that takes you. It may not take you to Peru. I've been to Uzbekistan. Y'all probably never heard of that country before today. I've been to, Uzbe- I've been to Asia. I've, I've been in places that, you know, I didn't want to be there really, but, but that's where God took me one time. I've been to New York. A lot of you don't want to go to New York. I've been to New York two summers in a row. I have every intention on signing on this Peru thing I'm going to tell you about later. And I'm going to go to Peru. And I'm going to be leading and preaching and begging and telling you that you need to go to Peru. And you need to go to New York. And you need to go to Uzbekistan. And you need to go to Bethune. And you need to go to Cassit. We need to go into the highways and the hedges and tell people about Christ. It's not optional. Go, send, or disobey. Let me read a few things to you. Mark chapter 16 verse 15 says this. Go. And preach the gospel to every creature everywhere. You say, Jeremy, how far do we go? Everywhere. Everywhere. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 19. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus tells us. He pleads with us. He orders us. He commands us. He instructs us that our job, our mission, our, our drive, our life should be about Him and His work. And His work is to go into all the world and to tell all the world about Him. Some of you give sacrificially to our offerings. Some of you have gave sacrificially to, 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 to Travis and Lane and that mission trip they went and Ryan and Brandy before they got pregnant, they were going to go as well. And, and some of you, you give and you pray and you see and Dale just a few moments ago was standing here and praying for the missionaries around the world. I've heard all of that. I've heard these things. But I've got to ask you, are all of us there? Notice, some of us pray. Some of us sin. Some of us, in fact, have gone and will go. But are all of us there? Can I tell you, if you walk in the middle of a busy town and you interview ten people, I'm going to guess, I'm just guessing, half of them will not be there. This where Jesus wants us to be. And if anywhere I should stand and preach, and if anywhere I should be and ask everybody if they're there, it should be Tim Rod Baptist Church. Why? Because we're the believers. We're we're Christians, we say. We're followers of Christ. Let me read a few things to you today. That's just my introduction. Let me me read a few things to you. i got 15 minutes, so better get going. The first thing I want you to see in Matthew 28, verses verses 18 through 20, is that you have been given authority. Authority to make disciples. The one who sends us has all authority. If you read verse 18... He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The one who has commissioned us, this great commission, this order, this, this, this challenge, this, this plea. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. If I send you to Kershaw, or if I send you to Bethune, or if I send you to Camden, I don't have the authority that Jesus has to send you somewhere. I could say, hey, you know, I got six bags of trash, a big box, and some other things. I want you to go to the trash pile and go see Buddy. I want you to go to the trash pile go see him. I want you to go there. Then I want you to go to a hardware store. 
I want you to buy some two-by-fours, some screws, and some brackets, and we're going to build some stuff. I mean, as I, as I start adding this stuff on to your list to go for me, first thing you're going to ask is, why can't you go, right? Get off your behind and go, Jeremy. I ain't going for you. I ain't your, I ain't your secretary, I, you know. Then you're going to say, well, okay, if you can't go, Man, why are you asking me? Just pay other, you know, that's, that's kind of the, that's how we react, isn't it? Why are you asking me to find, dude, get up and do it yourself, right? Jesus trumps that. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You see, you have been given authority by the one with all authority to go and preach the gospel, and make disciples. He sends those who believe in Him to tell the world about Him so that they might believe in Him. Listen, church, listen, hear me, hear me. I've heard this said so many times and it drives me up a wall. You know, because well, I'm not called to missions. They're called, but I'm not. What? Excuse me? Wait a minute, let's read this. And Jesus said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. 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 Not, hey, go if you're called. No, go. And you know what? Some of you English people, Miss Iris, I know she was a teacher, and and I've asked her, I said, now Miss Iris, as I'm preaching, I said, "Are are you back there writing all my mistakes and all my grammar mistakes? And she told me she doesn't do that. But Miss, Miss Iris, I want, to, I want to point out something to you. Miss, Miss, Miss Iris, so I appreciate this. That word there, go, is actually the present participle going. Kind of meaning as you go. Right, Miss Iris? Is that right? Okay. So Jesus actually isn't even saying, he's not even saying get up and go. He's not even commanding us to get up off the lazy boy or get up off our job or get up off where we are and go. He's actually saying as you go. So kind of it's like he's not even asking. And kind of it's like he's not even telling. It's kind of like he's saying, you're gone, you're going, you're there. You go here, you go there, you go out to eat, you go to work, you go to school, you go to do these things, you go do those things. And while you're doing it, make disciples. Why? Because all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. If you jump down to verse 19, it says, go therefore. What's therefore mean, Miss Iris? That means everything that was said before. Right? You see, when we take verses apart and when we learn what the sentence structure says, we find what Jesus wants us to do. We go, therefore, because all authority has been given to heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. And when He says go, get off your behind and go. You go. You do. You serve. You tell. Every opportunity you have, you do it. All authority has been given to make disciples, number one. But number two, not only have you been given authority, but you have been assigned to make disciples. In verse 19, he says, Go, therefore, and make. You go and you make disciples of all the nations. What do we do when we make disciples, Jeremy? Then we baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit who has given us all authority. Ain't that beautiful? See, Travis and Lane, if you go on their their Facebook page, you'll see a few weeks ago that they were baptizing people in Peru. See, Travis and Lane, you're going to hear about it tonight. I'm not stealing their thunder, but they got there behind on a plane and flew to the mission field and made disciples. 
and watched the Great Commission being carried out. As they made the disciples, they watched those people become baptized and they saw the Great Commission carried out. See, Peru needs us. Uzbekistan needs us. New York needs us. Bethune needs us. Cassett, Mount Pisgah, name another community around here. They need you and they need me to make disciples and to teach them about Christ and to tell them about Jesus and to teach them the things that He taught us and to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you folks, before you tune out, it's not optional. We do it, we send others to do it, or we disobey. That's the call. That's the call. That's the call. We've been given today. Someone who believes and confesses and follows and adheres and imitates their teacher. That is a disciple. Right? That is a disciple. You young men and you older men. All right? Some of us, some of us are older than others, okay? That's not disrespectful. Some of you got a little more snow on the top than the rest of us. I'm using men because I'm a man. Some of you don't have anything on the top, all right? But I want to tell you this, men, men, this is going to resonate. You're going to hear me when you, men, these older men, they're going to understand what I'm talking about. Men, you were discipled, weren't you, growing up? The older men in this church will tell you, the, the more senior men in this church will tell you, they had men when they were growing up discipled them, didn't they? Didn't you, men? You, all of you are nodding. You had men that, that showed you how to do stuff, didn't you? Your daddy, your grandpa, your uncle, or your Sunday school teacher, or your parents, somebody, they showed you the things to do. I remember the first time I ever shot a gun. My daddy taught me that. Man, do you remember the first time you shot a gun? It was a bolt action 12 gauge shotgun. And I was scared of I me. Mean, I never shot a gun. I was young. I was like really young. And, and, you know, I'm like, I'm scared to death that, you know, I'm scared it's just going to, you know, make a loud noise and I don't, I don't want to shoot it. And I remember my daddy, he says, ah, he gray took it from me. He, he bolted a shell in there and he closed it. He said, you take it, you shut one in, you take it, you bah! And it shoots it right there beside me. He says, see, it wasn't that loud. Right, okay, so I take it. I, t- and I didn't hold it right and it pff, like, hits me in the hip, you know. And I remember the first time my daddy taught me to drive a straight drive. He put me on a hill. Why would he put me on a hill? He puts me on a hill. He says, you put it in forward or first and you dump the clutch, you hit the gas and you go. Every time, every time I stalled it. Every time. This past summer, my kids wouldn't swim. So I used my method of teaching. I threw them in the pool. I said, I'll swim. I'm just kidding. We were there. We were there with them. But, but that's how they learn. Ain't it? That's how they learn. I mean, you get in there and do the swimming lessons, backstroke. Listen, throw them in there. They'll, they'll, they'll float, they'll swim, or they'll sink. I mean, that's what's going to happen. But we, listen, we have taken, we've learned things. We've been discipled. My pastor, before he passed away, he used to always disciple me in how to preach. He, he would take an outline and he would, he would take a few minutes before he preached. He would show me how he was going to preach it. I had professors that showed me how to preach. I had men teach me how to do things. It's called discipleship. Jesus calls us to make these disciples to teach the things that we have been taught. And I'm going to tell you something. Can I tell you something? Our churches have lost this. We don't disciple anymore. The women don't take the women and show them things like they used to, do they? And the men don't take the boys and, and show them like they used to. I know some of us still are a part of some of this, but it doesn't happen. 
And Jesus calls, excuse me, Jesus calls us to do these things. He says, you've been given authority to make disciples. He says, you've been given an assignment to make disciples. But then I want you to see, lastly, you have been given assistance to make disciples. In verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He says, I will be with you. He says, you've got authority from me. He says, you've got the assignment from me. He says, but I'm going to be with you. Jesus says, I'm going to be with you. Travis and Lane are going to tell you tonight, I haven't heard their talk. They haven't told me what they're going to say. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I bet the farm on it. They'll tell you that they felt Jesus with them over and over and over again. Hannah has been all around the world. Philippines, Africa. Where else? At all? Philippines, Africa. France. She'll tell you. 14 years old, I think, was your first trip. By herself on a plane flying around the world, she felt God with her, I promise you. Me, never been on a plane. They stick me on a plane on a, like a 50-hour flight or something over to Turkey. Right? To, to go on a mission trip. Oh, I felt God with me. I tell you right now, when I dozed off on that flight and we got over there above like the Arctic Circle or somewhere wherever we were and that turbulence hit and that plane started going you know, all over the place and it woke me up and I said, Lord be with me because I'm going to die. We felt the Lord with us, haven't we? We felt Him with us. And He says in verse 20, I am with you always, even to the end. Of the age. His strength is made perfect in our witness. We must go knowing that God doesn't send us uh, without equipping us. I, I, I want to tell you this, and I'm closing a short, shorter sermon today. Let me, everybody look at their watch when I say that. Here, here's the thing. Listen, my first day at Fruitland Baptist Bible Inst, uh, Institute, now it's college, Bible College, they waited after I graduated to make it a college. So, anyway. Um, when I was there, it was an institution because I needed to be in an institution, I guess. But anyway, some of y'all got that. But anyway, um, my first day, I walked in, and they got this sign, and here's what it read. I want to read it to you. It said, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Let me, tell you, let me read that again. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. We are called. We are called to show others how to respond to His call. He chose us. Listen, church. He chose us to be His mouthpieces. He chose us to be His hands and His feet. He chose us to take the gospel to the world, to our communities, to our workplaces, to our schools, to our teams. He chose us to take this gospel, to take this discipleship, to take this great commission to the world. And church, I want to tell you, we are called to show others how to respond to this. He chose us to be His mouthpieces. We only scatter the seed that He may, listen, that He might fertilize it, water it, and bring it to life. You only scatter the seed. It ain't up to you to grow it. God grows it. But how's He going to grow something when His body of Christ isn't scattering? Amen? Kind of like planting corn. If any of you have ever planted corn, I bet you all are way better at it than me, but I've only done it like five years or five, you know, five gardens. And you plant it sometimes, and then, you know, one might not come up. Right? And you dig down, you'll find it. Like maybe it sprouted and it died. Right? Or maybe you planted something one time and four of them came up, but one of them didn't. That's the same way the gospel works. God's got to grow it. 
He's got to fertilize it. He's got to water it. And he's got to bring it back to life. We must go because of Jesus. We must tell because of Jesus. We must make relationships because of Jesus. We must serve because of Jesus. Jesus is why we do what we do. We must be about his commission and his call. I want to to highlight again. I want to highlight again. The world is waiting. Go. Jeremy, how can I go? How can I go? Well, maybe you can't go, but can you send? Can you pray? Can you encourage? Can you help? Can you drive them to the airport? You know, we must go. We must send. Or we will disobey. I want to tell you this, and I'm going to close. Tonight, you're going to hear about a challenge. I talked to Travis. I talked to Travis on the phone this week. We've been texting our deacons. We met. We have an opportunity, church. Hear me. You have an opportunity from right where you sit. Look where you sit. Look at your spot. Look where you are. We're going to give you an opportunity to go without ever leaving your seats. Some of you. You see, there's a tribe down there. There's some, lots of villages and tribes and all these these folks down there that that need need Christ and. One of the ways that Travis and, and Lane have felt God move them. And this is, God has moved them, right? I'm, I'm channeling it to you, but this is them. They want us to help feed one of these villages. You say, well, Jeremy, that's going to be expensive. I can, t- I can see the dollar bills in y'all's eyes right when I said that, all right? No, honestly, we have been given an opportunity. Listen, I want, I'm closing. We have been given an opportunity, and, and, and this opportunity is this. For a hundred, you heard me. Right, a hundred dollars a month we can feed one of these villages. Our church. A hundred dollars a month. And some of that money, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, some of that money will also go for medicine and other things. Right? Now, Travis has come to me, the deacons, our leaders, and he said, you know, can our church do this? Can we can we take up a hundred dollars a month? And I, I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to because I'm a big mouth. If we don't, I quit. All right? Because I'm going to tell you something. If we can't send a little money to Peru, Hannah's like, did he just say that? If we can't send a little money to Peru, I don't know what we can do. Amen? $100 a month. Let me, let me tell you this, and, and I, I'm coming down, and I'm, uh, Gail's going to come, and Myra's going to come, and we're going to have an invitation, and and today, y'all can go ahead and work your way up here. Today, today's a today's a turning point for our church. All right, y'all have followed and listened to every word I've said. You you bought into every idea. A lot of y'all sent money for these these young these young people to go. It costs about twenty five hundred dollars, I think, a person for them to go. That's five thousand dollars for them to go. Can I tell you something? Something big's coming this year. All right, we're going to take a lot more people to Peru. Lord willing, we're going to take a lot more people. You, you hear me? You, some of you, you're going to go with us to Peru. But when we go, when we go to Peru, and when we leave here today and get in our car and go to the house, not only are we going to go and talk about teams going, but we're, we're going to help feed people that need food. But when we get there, listen, here it comes. When we get there on our trip, they won't just see a bunch of people from America coming on a tour. We'll already have fed them. 
so we can feed them with the gospel. You see, it ain't just about meeting needs, but meeting needs and sharing Christ at the same time. We feed them so we could feed them Jesus. We feed them food so we could feed them Jesus. We buy them Christmas gifts so we can give them the gift of Jesus. That's what it is all about, church. I want to ask you today, turning point right here. Tonight, they're going to share more. Tonight, we'll take up an offering for this. But I want to ask you this. Will you stand today during this invitation? And will you commit, not only to me, but to God and the rest of your church, that you want to be either a goer or a sender? All right? Can we all come together today as Timrod and can we say that we are united together to go? To go. The fields are ready to be harvested. There's no workers. Jesus said. The world is waiting for us. You and me to go. Will you go? That's the question. I'm going to give an invitation today. If you're lost today and you want us to give you this gift, let me, let me show you how to do that. If you're saved today and you want to be baptized, let me show you how that can happen today. If you're a, a person who wants to join this church, come today. Let me show you how you can join this church. But today, if all of those things are settled and you just want to be a goer or a sender, I invite you to come and pray or come and I'll pray with you. Or well, Let's gather around this altar. Let's get serious about going. The world is waiting. Go. Miss Gail, would you lead us?